is Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And um, it's, a, uh, it's a great day. Uh, Central National Bank, our presenting sponsor, always love talking about them. And then UBO, let's, let's never forget that, uh, boy, Sean and his group over there just do a, a tremendous job. And um, I'm telling you, for uh, services and emails and paper-based services, and I, that's why my man, Kevin Longquist, who has all sorts of different jobs, Kevin, if you ever need some, like, copier services or you want to save on your uh, uh, overhead or paper-based, all those kinds of things, UBO is the best thing you could use. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. It is Kevin Longquist. We love having Kevin on. And uh, Kevin is uh, Kevin's a man who uh, witnessed a great Baylor win on Saturday. Always fun to send those Longhorns packing and uh, – Kevin, I would say that uh, uh, you generally try to kind of stay out of this, uh, some of these uh, salacious type stories. But um, <laughs> this uh, this University of Texas story with the uh, with the the monkey biting somebody and the monkey being uh, the 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 pet of a stripper who is apparently living with a Texas uh, special teams coordinator. Now, Kevin. That that you can't even pass that up. That's a pretty interesting story. I don't even know how you even where you start with it, Matt. It's so bizarre. I think the story was didn't he like leave his family for her or something like that? And then yeah, I don't know. And then the trick or treater issue, and then it attacked some kids or something like that. It was like it's the weirdest thing, or one of the weirdest things I've ever heard about. And I guess given the. Uh, tumultuous ride that texas's football program has been on over the last decade i guess that's par for the course yeah i i i sort of think they should embrace this and and, uh (laughs) and like you know bring out the rally monkey you remember the rally monkey the uh the angels Angels? use that out there (laughs) that's how i opened the show today with a picture a gif of the rally monkey and said Ah. hey tune in yeah, yeah, I'm seeing if that got any traction out there. I, I, uh, yeah. When I was covering the Rangers out there, and I went out to Anaheim for a couple of trips, especially like when they won it in 88, they had a big series out in Anaheim and won that series. Had, I, think they, I think they swept the Angels, or they won. Yeah, they did sweep the Angels, and they just dominated that series. But when the Angels had a runner on base, they brought out the rally monkey there. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, as if Texas needed more drama. And, and I tell you, uh, Kev, before we jump into what Baylor did the other day and a couple of thoughts on that, um, I, I know you have never been a huge fan of uh, Gary Patterson, although I do think having you having uh, been a graduate of SMU, you have respect for what he's done with that program. And obviously TCU's had a, had a tremendous run under him. But isn't that, uh, isn't that interesting that – something that's gone on that long for 21 seasons and all that he's accomplished and and where we are in college football now they couldn't even let him get through the season now i know it was his choice in the end but the only reason he's not coaching is because they basically told him um well we're probably going to do this at the end of the season and he said well have at it and he walked away i mean i this is uh this, this is this was really i knew it was not looking good but that was really stunning news to me the other night. 
Um, it was and it wasn't. I mean, I think we all kind of recognize that it was trending that way, Matt, as you said a few moments ago, and the fact that they were pretty listless. I think you and I were talking about this on Saturday before the, uh, the game kicked off is how listless they looked against West Virginia. And then just based on the way it sounded, because I listened to a little bit of the Kansas State game on the way home, and it just sounded like it was a continuation of that. And I just think it had reached a point where he had lost the locker room and it was kind of a fiery end for him. And it just, it was just obviously the message had gone stale. And if you go back and look at his track record over the last five years, I think they were a game under 500 at 21 and 22. And then if you look ahead going forward, I think they actually looked at this and said, if he doesn't beat Kansas state, they have no shot at a bowl, which was going to be pretty long anyway, because the fact that they still have to go to Oklahoma State, they still have to go to Iowa State, and, of course, they have Baylor this Saturday. And then their only winnable game was Kansas, and that was it. And so, and I'm sure they all looked at if they beat Kansas State, that maybe they have some momentum and they feel like it's a rah-rah event against the rival Bears and that sort of thing. But it was going to be a stretch for them to get to six this year, and they just did not play very well. And then then given how – wheels off last year was they they didn't play SMU twice and then they were going to play the bowl game against Arkansas and then they had COVID issues there and then they wound up scrapping the bowl game against the Razorbacks yeah I got to tell you though after 21 years I think there should have been more respect shown than oh we got to see how they do against K-State I mean I thought the guy had earned it you know I like him personally uh but it but it's a tough I, I thought it was a I thought it was a tough deal now let me ask you this though Jerry Kill uh, is an interesting guy. He's been a head coach. He's had some medical issues. He's going to right. coach them the rest of the season. Do you have any sense? I we, I just had John Denton on earlier in the program, the uh, the radio voice of the uh, Frogs, and and he played there. And and I I don't know what to expect. I don't even know what to expect from the crowd. I think it's going to be surreal. I think it's either Baylor wins by thirty. Or they come out with kind of a win one for Gary type mentality. I don't know mm-hmm. what to. I do not know what to expect from this team Saturday, and that really scares me. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I know uh, Jerry's background, especially when he was at Minnesota. Of course, with my Minnesota background, and I followed him when he was the coach of the Gophers there. And you know, he's had a long bout, basically going back 15, 16 years with epilepsy. And there was times that he's had seizures during the season. In fact, there was a game uh, when he was coaching the Gophers back in 2013 where they were playing New Mexico State where he had a seizure right on the sidelines during the game. And they had to stop the game, of course, and get him to the hospital and that sort of thing. And it's it's basically triggered by, you know, other things, but it's basically like it's high stress, lack of sleep, that sort of thing. And I think that's all part of it. And, of course, Jerry's very good friends with with Gary. And obviously we all know that Jerry's not here to – coach to try and take the job uh, beginning in 2022. He's just the placeholder as far as I'm concerned. And, but I mean, but Jerry knows how to run a football team, how to get him ready, that sort yeah. of thing. And that's why he was appointed for that job because you know, his teams under at Minnesota, while he didn't recruit at a very high level, they were pretty fundamentally sound and they always gave themselves a chance to when they would just come up short against like the likes of Ohio state and Michigan. He actually did have a big win at Michigan if, uh, during his run there. But at the same time, you know, I think just the mentality of the locker room, I don't know if – I tend to think that it could be a blowout because I just think the way that things have nosedived, that it's really hard to regenerate the energy to get everybody back on board and say, let's do it for – let's win one for Gary because 
if you didn't do it for him for Kansas State and you didn't do it for him when you were in Norman and if you didn't do it for him when you were trying to rally against SMU, what makes you think you're going to do it even though you've got your longest rival uh, coming into your building? I mean, that would make it kind of a – that would be kind of a, if you will, kind of a disrespectful look toward Gary. It's like, well, why didn't you just do it for him now? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I mean, that's kind of my feeling about this. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be a close game. I really don't. Yeah, I, I that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting point. I, I by the way, you're you're all you're also in addition to I like your commentary obviously on what Baylor does, but you also do a really good job of following the recruiting. I, I from what I could understand, and you and I talked about this last week, there was Baylor was going to have a nice gathering of recruits, possibly from like the 2023 and 24 type uh, uh, recruits. Yeah. Did you get the sense from? Uh, and we can always watch them kind of filing in there, and you know where they are. Um, right. Do you think that win uh, with that kind of crowd, uh, do you think that was pretty important for recruiting? Absolutely. I mean, anytime you beat a quality opponent like Texas, um, I don't know if the, the win over Texas has the same buzz like it used to be, given where Texas has been over the last few years. I mean, Matt, if you look at it from our generation, uh, we we probably look at Texas differently than the kids that are in college or in their 20-somethings where they might look at Texas saying, now they're all big and that sort of thing, but they're kind of like another team. But I think as far as recruits are concerned, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a brand that where Baylor has a lot of momentum going behind it. It was a big win for them because they're now in a tie for second place with Oklahoma State in the Big 12 standings as they're trying to race to get to the Big 12 championship game. And it was a pretty impressive performance. Basically, for like the last what twenty-three minutes and change, uh, when they fell behind twenty-one to ten, where they pretty much dominated Texas from that point moving forward. When they trailed twenty-one to ten, they were very efficient. Uh, they just did a lot of good things uh, to put themselves in that position where recruits, present and future, were like either they were reaffirmed, like saying, "I'm glad I committed here," or others will say. I really need to look at them stronger, that sort of thing. And so I th- all those things pointed up as far as the arrow was concerned, as far as what Dave Aranda's program had to show them on Saturday. All right, uh, talking to Kevin Longquist from Rivals, and uh, always kind of fun to watch him uh, and see what he's saying. At Sikkim Sports is his uh, Twitter handle, and you can uh, he's got all sorts of Twitter handles. Uh, by the way, uh, Kevin, walk over to the other side of your office or wherever you are right now. You were, uh, you were. <laughs> I can fading. never get a cell that'll work for you, will I? You you were fading off. It could be my fault. I mean, I like to blame you. Uh, we are talking right. to Kevin about uh, various uh, things. By the way, I thought that was really interesting. I did you see McGuire and a lot of the coaches the other day were like the celebration. I I think. And maybe it's to do with recruiting and, and kind of everything you just said. Those coaches are more from our uh, – they're, they're closer to our age. That, that was quite a celebration. I, I think that game meant a lot to Baylor, even though Texas maybe is not that great and this, this dropped them to 4-4. Four and four. But I, I do think it meant a ton. What do you think is the uh, – I mean, the fact that Baylor went into that game and, and held B. John Robinson under 50 yards – Kevin, that's one of the that's one of the most uh, uh, astounding numbers of the season so far. Not just for Baylor, but anyone in the Big Twelve. Sure, and, and then the and you can even go back to Tyler Algier from uh, from BYU, who was you know an explosive running back or a very productive running back, and they held him to I think what thirty seven or whatever it was. And 
the fact that I think what this really shows is I think the Baylor rushing defense is really predicated on how well their linebackers are playing. That's Terrell Bernard, Dylan Doyle, Ashton Logan, you know, Matt Roberts. I know he didn't play a lot. And, you know, Garmin Randolph, that sort of thing. Those guys have really done a great job of just being great run stoppers. And they've just done a great job of filling gaps. And then the defensive line has done its share of creating those opportunities for the linebackers to make plays. And it's been you know, very impressive how this rushing defense, um, you know, has, has, uh, has performed, you know, pre, you know, Reese Hall got loose a couple times against them when they played Iowa state, but for the most part, they've done a great job of just taking that angle away from uh, the opposing offense. And when you do that, it, you know, it goes back to that old thing, uh, Matt, where you go, uh, you know, stop the run and then run the football very well. And that's what Baylor has done. They, they may yeah. basically made Texas one dimensional, and you could see what you could really see, even though Texas was going to be in a passing situation in its two-minute offense. But they could pin their ears back, and they knew that they could absolutely shut down whatever Texas was going to try and do with its passing. And what did we see? Like seven pass breakups. That's really a high number in a game like yeah. that. And of course, yeah. and, and of course, the game that JT Woods had. Well, all of them had great games in the secondary, but especially you know JT Woods. I'll go back to you and say that we'll look back on the sequence that JT Woods had right at the end of the first half, the PBU in the corner of the end zone when he took that ball away from Xavier Worthy, because that was a touchdown. He had it, and JT knocked it away, and then he comes up with the tipped interception. That's the big swinging point in the game, because if Texas gets a touchdown there it's real, and then has the ball coming out to start the second half, you're looking at a far different game. I agree, and my man Walcott made a great – he had one of those pass breakups and just played that ball beautifully. All right, Kevin, uh, all my best, and I uh, I appreciate it. We will talk to you soon. Thank you for finding that better sell. <laughs> Sounds good, Matt. Take care.